0: So mixologists, if you love this show and it's ever made you think, you know what, I should make my own podcast, I say go for it. Let me tell you about Anchor, okay? Honey, it's free, pumpkin. Yes, free. There are creation tools. It allows you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer, just like I do. You can literally even add songs from Spotify directly to your episodes, the possibilities are endless for whatever you want and can create, whether it's music analysis, your own radio show, something the world's never heard before, or join the rest of us and talk Bravo, Housewives, Bachelorette, all those fun things you love in the TV you're watching. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, many, many more. All the girls will be able to hear you no matter what or wherever they like to listen. You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership pumpkin. Literally, you put it out, you can get paid for it. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. It's super, super easy. I love it. I use it all the time. I make this show and y'all love it. And you know what? I couldn't do it without Anchor. They make it so easy. They have the best support staff. You literally can reach out to them anytime. It's truly a great way to start a podcast journey. Get yourself out there. Talk to the people. Connect with the people that love the same things you love or people who maybe want to have a little discord with you. Either way, mix it up and let Anchor help you do that. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. That is anchor.f as in father, M as in mother, to get started. Download that free app, honey, and get you some podcasting. Hey, y'all. I'm Moni, and you're mixing with Moni, Okay. Welcome to my weekly mixer where I take your favorite Bravo shows, TV news, and hot topics, mix it with my opinions and some of my friends' opinions, a little shade, and sometimes a cocktail or two. I'm bringing in my POC perspective to shows we all love. Let's mix it up. Hola, mixologists. Moni here. I am... So happy to be back and talking to you guys. Do want to get a little bit of housekeeping and some unfortunate announcements out of the way, but nothing too sinister. Um, of course, if you're loving me and the show and everything else in between, and only if you're loving me, you know who you are. Just kidding. If you are loving it though, and you want to continue to spread the word, but no one in your life loves Bravo but you, but you know there are people out there who will also like this. Feel free to leave a review, five stars. Rate me, all of that good stuff. And of course, subscribe just in case it doesn't always come up in Apple right away. You never want to be the last to know, or the last to get an invite to the party a la Brandy to Leanne's wedding. Um, I would also like to let people know that I did not get around to watching Shots this week. I know. I'm so, so sorry. Honestly, I liked Family Karma so much, but I, I mean, it was also like the lead-in from Atlanta really helped me because I was already watching Bravo on a Sunday night while I do laundry and everything else. Shaw's being on a Friday after I spent an entire week overly disinfecting a preschool, um, you know, so tiny humans can learn and have fun without the constant plague of fear that only really concerns their parents because toddlers could not give two fucks. Um... I have been ly and bleaching and cloroxing, of course, with children out of the way. But I have been mopping and re-mopping and sweeping and washing little hands and all of the above, washing my own hands, hand sanitizing my own hands, and I've just been so busy that by the time Friday rolled around, I needed a drink, and that's exactly what the mixer is all about. So Pretty much didn't get around to it because I was already going out to dinner on Friday and completely forgot that it was coming out on Friday. Um, hopefully, no one is too disappointed. I promise to double up on it by next Friday and talk both episodes. And in the meantime, I think we're gonna have a lot of fun with my guest today. Though I did not get around to talking about Vanderpump Rules, I honestly think it's going to be okay and that you will like this a little bit better because I have Sarah Galley from Andy's Girls, a podcast that is very popular amongst the people And she interviews all kinds of great guests and has amazing people from Bravo Labs, the comedians, the writers, really living that like, you know, that city life meets like hobnobbing with the who's who, but not in an obnoxious way. And those who's who just happen to love Bravo or be from Bravo. And so I could not listen to her anymore without asking her to come on. she comes on and we get into a Real Housewives deep dive with Jersey and Atlanta, and we talk about the MVPs and whether or not Jen was doing too much, and we disagree on some things. and That's the best part about coming or people having people on is that we get to change up perspectives. So, I think it was a really great episode. We I ask her questions about you know Bravo in general, especially since she's a very brand new guest for us. So, I don't know like what our favorite Bravo show is. Was or uh, if she thinks Bravo should automatically give Housewives two seasons, like I previously have said it myself. And you know, her Bravo points and, and opinions, and just a little snippet, little hint into what her podcast is all about. You know, she does the whole psychology behind the drama too. So it was really fun getting to talk to her. And I think you guys will enjoy it. And without further ado, I am going to introduce you to Sarah Galley from Andy's Girls, and that'll be coming up next. And I promise next week, I will do a double dose of also having someone on who's caught up with Vanderpump Rules so they could talk to y'all about all that bullshit. But it seems like it pissed y'all off again this week. So shocker. Good to know they're consistent. Thanks, Lala, for that. Um, other than that, We get into Jersey and Atlanta and even do a little shout out to Family Karma, which I believe I'm going to start covering after episode two. Um, And then I'll cover the pilot and the second episode just to make sure that I'll keep up with it, but I'm pretty sure I will. So without further ado, let's jump right in and mix it up with Sarah Galley from Andy's Girls Boom. All right. Hello, party people and fellow mixologists. As promised, I am back and I have the incomparable Sarah Galley with me. Joining, <laughs> joining our mixer, inhaling from one of the most exciting podcasts you will ever listen to next to mine in a day. Um, Andy <laughs> Girls, literally so much fun in a podcast. She talks all things Bravo. She gets down with actual housewives and Bravo Labs. From all of your favorite franchises, all the girls come by. Comedians, writers, and uh, most recently, I think I listened to it this morning. Andy's actual man, girl, Darren Karp, who's constantly behind the bar. If you ever watch Watch What Happens Live, she also has her own podcast, stuff like that. Um, we. Also, I can discuss plot and psychology behind the drama over here on my show. So who better than someone who does that regularly on their show, like Sarah. And I love that you call your show a cross between Iyanla Fix My Life and C-SPAN. That is yeah. the greatest matchup I have ever heard. And honestly, welcome, Sarah. Thank you so much for coming on.
1: Thank you for such a generous intro. I guess we're done. That was it. Yeah. Oh, my God. You
0: know, it's like going to, people are going to see that it's like a, you know, hour-long podcast and they're going to be like, wait, <laughs> no, because really, we could go home. We all could to go home. Okay. That's pretty Just much all we need 40 to know. to 45 more times
1: and you're good to
0: go. Yeah. I mean, that's all you need. <laughs> I do have some questions for you, especially because you are one of my newer guests that I've had. I've had lots of people in rotation, some people that I've talked to have been like you know Sarah is great and I think you did a episode with Megan O'Donnell from Bravo Happy Hour whom I adore and right. I fell in love and I was like oh I'm in so I had to bring you to the people over here so that we could get a little just a little taste of what you got going on over there so I do have a couple of questions for you
1: yeah. uh, to kind of give
0: people a little sense of you know what you what you got going on
1: that sounds great
0: all right. So, would you consider yourself a Bravo expert? Yes. Okay. Yeah. So, me too. I know such pointless information about Bravo and remember the most mundane of details ever. And oh, I think yeah. it'll come in handy one day.
1: I mean, I think it comes in handy for both of us now. Using you know podcasts to kind of express and deepen our mm-hmm. appreciation of all things Bravo. Um, exactly. Yeah, I started using the phrase bravoholic several years ago because I couldn't figure out another way in which to categorize my ever-evolving but always heightened appreciation for all things um, bravo from, you know, talking with fellow bravoholics to talking about Bravo with Bravo Labs to the fun fusion of folks who may appear on Bravo who also watch Bravo um, I really feel like it's the common denominator that kind of unites all of us
0: I could not have said it any better myself I feel and I did um, one of those questionnaire type things on my Instagram over the weekend and it was about all things Bravo and someone even you know, that sarcastically asked it not really but they asked Like, do you like any Bravo show or like any Bravo love? And I'm like, no, I love all of my Bravo. That is the reason why I can be so critical about them because I know what we can do when we put our minds to it. It's literally like kids when you're their teacher. Like, I know what we're capable of, everyone.
1: That's right. I mean, if you love something, you want it to be as good as you can. So I think that comes in, you know, when we have maybe subpar seasons of a Housewife franchise or someone Mm -hmm. who was, such a sensation who's kind of falling off I mean that's the only way to not just judge critique and discuss current shows but also compare them I mean I'm one of those people I don't personally understand how someone can skip a season of a franchise and then come back to it I know that you know, for example with, with Orange County I've heard from many people that are like oh I can't watch it with tamra and vicky and i'll come back when they're gone and i think well how can you appreciate a great season if you haven't survived the lackluster ones
0: i could not agree more oh my god that's those are the words that i've been missing and that i've been like rumbling around and Mm. circling the drain on because i've constantly said oh see it needs something, but I yeah. only can pinpoint it now after I've seen the things that it, it, it that aren't working on it. Mm-hmm. And, you know, once you've survived the ropes course from like <laughs> two seasons ago, you yeah. feel like whatever good comes out of OC, you deserve. You worked for that. It's like eating, putting on your yoga pants to go for a run in order for you to go to like happy hour that night, but then you never get to the gym or you never get to the run. So you just go to happy hour anyway. So you didn't really work for it, but you still deserve the happy hour, sure. But I just feel like we are owed a better OC now, just a little bit more, because we stuck by as all the Mishagas has gone on for each of these seasons that quite frankly were a little bit more homework to watch but we got through them
1: yeah and I think you know staying on the Orange County train um to borrow one of Kelly's uh favorite pieces of transportation um I really think that this season (laughs) of Orange County was kind of it, w- it felt like a bit of ro- a reward for us for sticking by after last season. I really think that there were so many interesting dynamic relationships at play. I mean, I could think about Gina and Emily's fight forever and talk about that forever and ever. Amen. And I really think that when you stick with the franchise and you just sort of have faith, and especially when you do communicate um, online to the network, to whomever that um, – you know, you're hanging with them, but kind of disappointed in what's happening with the creative. There's an ebb and a flow. And sometimes you're going to get seasons that aren't great. And the hope is that, you know, folks will learn their lesson and come back better than ever. I mean, it doesn't mean that we want people to really be doing even more self-production, which is a problem of another kind. But it does mean that, you know, if you're signing up for this show, you need to sign up for this show. We need to see your life. We need to like you're being vulnerable with us it's not just about how housewives began which was like seeing women behind the pearly gates with their wads of cash and their homemaker lives and understanding Mm -hmm. that that is one layer of many and that you know these women are struggling just like everyone else it's just at a different level and on a different stage and You know, as housewives have evolved, the way that they are showing off their wealth or what they want us to believe is wealth or family or relationships or whatever, that's definitely different from, you know, the journey of Housewives OG. But I do think that at its core, the franchise has stayed the same, which is understanding relationships that these women have with each other, their husbands or partners, their kids. And also at the end of the day, kind of just with themselves.
0: Right. I think that seeing the evolution, it kind of gives me, it's why I've always been so hesitant to say, how soon do we need to really get rid of someone? I don't really like the idea of uh, OGs or veterans all the time, because a lot of times it feels like, We've seen so much of them and we've evolved yeah. and grown with them that there's very little that they can do that I don't feel is always authentic. And yeah. then I'm also like, I don't like one season housewives either because we don't know you yet and yeah. I don't want to get rid of you. You could be so much better later, you know, with the exception of like Lizzie Rosvek, who, who I did enjoy mm-hmm. and they kept bringing her back and sending her away and bringing her back. And I'm like, you mm-hmm. know, sometimes it's great. Sometimes it's not. insane with Lydia. That was not great. But Lizzie, I enjoyed. Like, there's always some one season ones that you're like, were you really just boring? Or did we just not get a chance to know you? And that's something that I feel like we don't always get an opportunity to. I think everyone should get an automatic second season if the show is renewed. And that's just my opinion. I think that we see with Jersey. Jennifer and Jackie, the response to both of them has been so overwhelmingly different. And we'll get to Jersey in like one second. But Jackie was beloved her first season and Jennifer Mm -hmm. was like a little bit harder for people to get into. But then this Mm -hmm. they're both of their second seasons. It wasn't that Jackie wasn't beloved, but she was seen as a little bit more subtle this season, whereas Jennifer was more like, there are a lot of people who got behind her who were like, you're really kind of Driving the show, she does a decent job as a housewife. She had complexity. There was more family you know, situation that we got into that people could really relate to. And we would not have gotten that if they would have canceled either of them based on either mediocre reaction or you know just simply not being as entertaining as a table flip season one.
1: Yeah, no, I hear you. I mean, I I don't know that I agree with. An automatic second season, and I think that they've even run into that problem when they bring back returning housewives when they sign these mega contracts, and it's like, wait, what happens if this doesn't work out? I mean, there are some.
0: Like That's what we're seeing with Denise.
1: Yeah, exactly. And there are some housewives who've, who've been a one-season wonder. Where I'm like, well, fuck, I don't understand why they weren't. Oh, can we swear? Can I swear? Oh
0: What's yeah, it? please. Oh love it. Do okay. all that. I mean,
1: um. <laughs> <laughs> okay. um where you know, with like Claudia Jordan in Atlanta, I still, for the rest of my life, will not understand why she didn't get a second season. I thought she was such a fantastic housewife and had so much to offer. But then there are other housewives I where I don't know that I could survive a, another season with the hundredth housewife, Peggy on Peggy Number Two on Orange County, or a right. repeat of um, the Marqueses and the twins and jurors. Like I don't think I could do it like that that's where it's like okay maybe I do understand a little bit of the like how do you sit through you know how do you skip um mm-hmm. terrible seasons because I think that no that I would been, agree
0: yeah because I definitely feel like with Kim Fields for instance that was so yes, ridiculous. That's a, yeah
1: that's a great it,
0: example it kind of broke my heart because I was like I don't need this I don't need to see her in a light where I don't like her because she was quintessential to my childhood, literally Mm. quintessential. And I would like to keep her in that lane of facts of life and living single. My life were those two shows and her characters are iconic on television, especially in the black community. Living single is like a mecca of television. So I'm like, I don't need to see you here where you're not performing on a stage that I already enjoy. Like It, it was like, too weird, too much of a mix-up. And But to me, that's also like a casting problem. I'm like, we probably never should have gotten her on the show in the first place. And this is why I always take big names and always deliver big things. Because just because you have a name that people recognize doesn't mean that you're going to give me what I need for this platform. Case in point, Fine. I think Denise Richards is not going to enjoy this platform anymore. I don't think she's going to enjoy this life anymore. But just because we know her doesn't mean we need her. Same with Teddy Mellencamp. Just because I know her dad doesn't mean doesn't mean that I I need her on my mm-hmm. show. But she's boring to me, and I think she never should have gotten a second season. So I just contradicted my own self and that alone. <laughs> I saw the writing on the wall with Teddy, like episode two of her. But mm-hmm. you know, we will never know. I think it's just like a constant chemistry thing, and you know, having to see who has chemistry on screen, who's going to do well on screen, and some people play it safe their first season. And some people go over the top and we will never know until we suffer from it.
1: <laughs> oh, I completely, I, I completely hear you.
0: I did want to shift gears a little bit, because I always wanted to know, I love that you start your show a lot with your tag, with the tagline. That is so exciting to me. What would your housewives tagline be it, it, today?
1: Um. Okay. So this is probably a terrible example. So I, you know, I just, did episode 149 of the Andy scrolls last week and so as you said every week we um myself and whomever is the guest co-host will begin the episode with our own housewives tagline and mine change. they all change week to week so i've done um with a couple exceptions for special episodes with like housewives or other bravo talent so i've done like well over 100 taglines my personal favorite tagline is um, I see life through rosé colored glasses because <laughs> for a while until recently I'm actually wearing like gold metallic ones right now but for a while I had these like pink Orby Parker sassy little frames and I thought that was a nice little kick um, it, it usually depends on the mood that I, I'm in or what I can think about right before recording um, Although often for many weeks, I'll, I'll come up with a tagline and then like one or two alternates. So who knows how many of these taglines I've gone through in the last 149 apps. I love it, though. I think it's like a fun way to, you know, kick off talking about all things Housewives. And for the um, guest yeah. co-hosts, I think they get a kick out of it, too, because, We all love this franchise at the end of the day, so why not take 15 seconds and and pretend it's your turn to shine,
0: you know? You're 100% right. I love that. I thought that was, like, one of the more fun things that, you know, one of many about your show. I think that taglines are what makes Housewives exciting when Mm -hmm. we're not necessarily watching it, but also... It's what gets us ready for the new season when they release the taglines. And I've loved that they've started doing that more and more over the last couple of years. When they release the taglines beforehand. It is so special to me. I get so excited. I'm wondering, because, you know, they also tend to have them do them centered a little bit around the season. So it kind of gives yeah. a little peek into what we're doing this sure. season. And I like that little peek. I like to know before the trailer or whatever. Like I don't want all the answers, but I like to know what we're dealing with. So I, I love a tagline, and I love this rosé color glasses thing. That's adorable.
1: Um, Thank you. Think, what would your tagline be? Do you have
0: one? Oh, I do. Um, I think the one I, I use frequently is, my therapist said that my boundaries aren't optional, but you sure are. <laughs> wow.
1: That is, I didn't know the ride that we were on. And then I chuck it, and I loved it.
0: That <laughs> I'm is glad. a plus-plus. That's great. Thank that's, you so much. Really I love that one. I'm really proud of that one. Um, I've been saying things like my boundaries aren't optional for like at least years, especially since I've been in therapy. And
1: to it mm-hmm. into
0: a housewife's standpoint of, like, they're all optional friends to each other, and they treat each other like they're optional every single season. So... Mm-hmm. It definitely would fit any season that we would be filming. So, you know, it if really I was wants to use it, go ahead. There Call we me, go. You know? John. <laughs> A little done. bit of um, Bravo news, but not really. It's more so related to me. I'll tell the people. I bought Barbara Kay's book by accident. Barbara K from Warehouse of New York, also known as, you know, the pink construction hat lady. Um, lobster lady what are the the girls calling her these days you know Um, right Luann's ass kisser like things like that I bought her book by accident literally picked up a book thought it looked interesting I love to read most people who listen they know I was an English major in college so I adore reading Mm -hmm. it's called heels of steel Okay. And I bought it by reading the inside jacket, and lo and behold, get in the car, and there is Barbara's picture, and I was like, "Well, all right, okay." So everyone stay updated on. I will let you know how it is. and <laughs> Stay tuned for so have that you started information. Reading yet? I have not started reading it yet because I'm still finishing up oh. Jessica Simpson's open book. Um, oh, which I because I so hate so to... good, and I hate to miss a bandwagon, so I had to read it. So... Oh yeah. yeah, yeah. I had to do that. And so now I'm just like, okay, sure. I will read this book and let people know how it is, if it's worth their $8.99 or not. Um, I think she's actually charging like $15, but I got it for $8.99 and a half price books. Um, So that's what you do when uh, you want to support your local faves, but also not, not really. (laughs) So. Um, Sarah, what Bravo shows are you loving, at least so far this year? We're only three months in, but we've gotten a good amount of stuff.
1: Um, you know, not to be timely, but last night I watched Family Karma's premiere.
0: I, I that, did, I'm too. Like, am
1: I fucking up the title? Is it Family Karma? I was calling it something yeah, else. Yeah, Family Karma. Okay, I use family. Okay. Um, and I feel like it's a really great compliment to those of us who are Still riding the struggle bus with Shaw's, which is filled with terrible people who do terrible things to the ones they love, and then you can balance that with Family Karma, which is about universally wonderful people who are doing whatever things, great things, lovely things, with really really close knit families and families like families of friends. Right really really impressed with it we saw um like a super teaser of the trailer during BravoCon, and it looked great and i was curious for you know when we would actually see it and the premiere didn't disappoint i think it's going to be a really great palette cleanser they seem like genuinely nice people there's some great friction with like relationships and you know, concerns about marriage and settling down and maybe some job stuff and just the anxiety that can come with living with your parents and extended family and all of that. Mm-hmm. Thought, you know, they seemingly did a great job casting and I was really, really thrilled with um, how the premiere uh, came off, that they did a great job.
0: I was too. I actually thought it was really, really great. I called it refreshing. I thought it was like lemonade in the dead of July. Mm -hmm. You know, it was that Chick-fil-A lemonade too, but like the good ice and like really good and sweet, but like not too sweet. It was, I could see, I thought it was a great pilot, which is, you know, hard to do for people who don't really know. Pilots are supposed to kind of like wrap up. The, the conflicts that we introduced in the show but also leave a little bit of room just in case and I thought that it gave me both it was like if this never aired again I would be sad but like I understand the dynamics of the, of the show without needing to ask a million questions I got mm-hmm. a lot of answers up front But also, it made me want to ask more questions later, without it being too overwhelmingly cliffhanger. Just in case, I like their dynamic. I thought that it was great. I think if you liked really early Shah's when they were all friends with Jobs, then you would like this even more because it's that and then some. I love the concept of the aunties and the family, and like they're all intertwined with each other. I adored how much they broke the fir- the fourth wall and had yeah. the grandfather was like asking this for pr- one of the producers of the show like so when did you get married how long have you been married how'd you find a wow. husband I just thought that was great Monica one of the girls is like asking the cameraman like will you taste this because he's yeah. the only one in the house and I'm like this is cute. It, yeah, was it was really, super, really cute. Yeah. It was not disrespectful. Like though there were moments of you know obvious contention and stuff amongst moms and things like that. I kind of I just I dug it. I got it instantly. I think we're gonna have a good time with that show. And I'm kind of glad it got the spot after, you know, Atlanta because I was a little nervous because Shots got moved yeah. back to Fridays and I called that the Bravo Graveyard because it things is, that moved right? to Friday. Mm -hmm. i forget all the time things are on tv because i gotta go out to dinner i'm at happy hour i'm not there i'm sleeping i'm doing other things so for it to be on a friday night i was like oh wow this veteran of a show gets kicked to the curb and it's gonna move in this new show but i think it deserves hot take i think it deserves it better
1: i completely agree i completely and totally agree
0: yeah i think that it's doing its job and I'm excited to see where that goes. And I also thought Atlanta was great. Um, I do want to backtrack, however, and go over Jersey with you really quick. Because yes. though it's only part one, I think we have some things that we can at least work with, you know? Mm-hmm. Overall impression of Jersey, part one of the reunion. Part one of three parts. And I say that and emphasize that because I think it's going to be important
1: later. Yeah, I mean, I I said this on this week's Andy Squirrels. Um it, I got a sort of similar I had a kind of similar experience to watching uh, from watching the first 15 minutes of Jersey part one with the first 15 minutes of Dallas part one in that, I didn't expect it to pop off as quickly as it did. I did not expect that in the first 15 minutes of Dallas, Andy was going to hold Leanne to account to the extent that he did and I was Mm -hmm. like screaming and in a similar way I was not expecting Jen to come for Melissa and essentially anyone near her physically on the couch. As quickly as she did, as often as she did. And, you know, I have a segment on Andy's Girls called Satchels of Gold in honor of Her Holiness Kelly Killor Ben Simone's triumphant (laughs) exit drama from Scary Island, which are listeners submitted questions, comments, concerns, uh, and I uh, address a, a bunch of them on social and a bunch of them during the episodes. And so I said, guys, like, let me know your satchels about Jen Aiden. Like, what are your thoughts? And, you know, I did a poll on IG, 70% were team Melissa, 30% were team Jen. And my reaction to that was, I hear you. And I understand that you may agree with like Melissa's responses to stuff, but you can't discount that Jennifer's extra wasn't as, unbelievably entertaining as it was. Like, regardless of maybe not being entirely successful in halfway referencing the egg subplot as being, like, manufactured for the show, the way she went about trying to say that with, like, the, you're too self-involved and whatever job, blah, 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 I didn't buy. I wish she had gone full out with Breaking the Fourth Wall, but regardless, I was genuinely enamored. I truly laughed my ass off and thought she was hilarious. What did you think? I I would agree. Really, I know that I'm in the minority.
0: I know that I'm in the no, minority. No, I don't understand. So I did on my, I also did one, um, but it was more like a, I called it a highlight on my Instagram stories because I did an entire breakdown of why not only the show needs Jennifer, but the mm-hmm. reunion specifically needed jennifer it's called Mm Jersey needs gin so if anyone wants to go Jersey needs gin
1: oh love it okay
0: thank you um i literally lined it up as a series of arguments for why this woman is going to save jersey and you don't have to like her but to me likability doesn't mean you're going to be a great housewife because in my opinion jersey could have easily slid into boring this season. And I Mm -hmm. say that with caution because I do love Jersey. I love it. It, To me, it's like New York. I find it very safe. It's like safe television. Every episode is going to be interesting. It's going to have highs and lows, but I'm not going to be riveted one day, not the next. So I find it safe. It's good television. You look forward to watching it. And that's a good thing. But for a lot of ways, we didn't have a lot of major conflict. And that's not, a bad thing but it's something that we need and Jennifer to me is giving us the complexity that we deserve especially on Jersey and this reunion episode part one though she was annoying we needed it we would literally have had nothing if she was not going after Melissa going after Marge because who else would have done it Teresa was dead silent some people are like well maybe she coached Jennifer I'm like okay but be that as it may for whatever reason Teresa feels like she can't go after these girls anymore just maybe doesn't have the energy someone had to do it so if it's going to be anybody it's going to be Jennifer and a pot stir is not an insult anymore because the pot needs to be stirred for it to cook we got to cook the food we got to get there so Mm -hmm. I felt that Jennifer actually did her job as a housewife I wish that you know she would not and and no one really would have let Marge off the hook as easy with the whole being, you know, you haven't had a real job or whatever many years. And I love March. I just did not like that at all because Mm -hmm. being a mom to me seems like the hardest job in the world. When I get done with my preschool kids, I look forward to sending them on their way. By 6.30, they're all gone and away from me. And I don't have to see them for hours. Somebody else has to see them, care for them, love them, take care of them. And I'm like, more power to you. So for Jennifer to kind of like, she addressed it, Andy addressed it, but I wish they would have kind of drove it home a little bit. But and I wish like you said that she would have gone after Melissa's fake storylines a little bit. I think that she did retwitter and study. I think she studied what she would, you know, what people thought about the season and decided mm-hmm. to bring it all to the reunion. But I liked that energy. I think we needed that energy because I keep asking people who were like, She's too much. I'm like, so what would we have had if she wasn't there? Part exactly. one. What would we have done? And, What would yeah, we have talked
1: about? giving you something. Yeah, Like, honestly, I
0: think she gave us something to work with, and we needed that something to work with, or else we would not have had three parts.
1: Yeah, and I also think that she is course-corrected from her first season when she was trying to be extra in all the wrong ways, and it was just coming off as, like, forced in a kind of dispiriting, not depressing way, but just, like, a little darker. And this year, she's brought, you know, like, with the dumb sunset bullshit in Oklahoma and everything else and this year she's kind Mm -hmm. of embraced the light aspect to her often kind of manic energy and she's also been incredibly grounded I mean if you're going to talk about really connecting story with um, deep personal events I mean obviously we can talk about tree in Italy but even more so just the day-to-day work that she and her family are doing to repair her brother's relationship with her mom and how many right. millions of LGBTQ um, folks across the country and the world can empathize with Stephen and, and what he's been going through and really look at the work that she has done, Jen herself, as well as Gabby. And, and it's um incredible and humanizing and humbling in a little bit of a way where you can see that there's a person underneath all of the staff and i think that that has been incredibly helpful for for jennifer and also this like uh new beginning that she's given herself um you know for her second season
0: I always say that I need complexity in my housewives. And I think that Jennifer gives me that because the moment you're so against her throwing the plate or breaking the glass and throwing the fork, you're like, okay, Jennifer, you got to chill. You're doing way too much. You did not need to leave that quickly. Like you got to stick it out and you could get so agitated with her. And then she goes home and something like switches. And that's the Mm -hmm. thing that I love about real housewives. That's what I fell in love with about real housewives because they were trying to show that these women aren't just wives and moms, that they're also women and they have like different dynamics with friendships and relationships and stuff like that but you also see that they are wives and mothers and stuff like that somebody's mom at some point, somebody's wife maybe at some point and that it comes with a different dynamic to see Jennifer in the home is to love her to me I think the way she is with Gabby the way she talks to her mom and a respectful yet Holding her to the fire, kind of way. Yeah. Um, so but mother to mother.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Right.
0: Mother she kind of meets her mother to mother. Like, what you can't do is not support him. It's vital that you do because she's a mom herself to kids who, I guess, you know, she's often said that it would be like a fear of hers and her kids would be afraid to tell her something because they thought that she wouldn't approve. And I can understand that being like a real fear. So she reminds her mom of that, but respects her as her mom and she like supports her kids and is talking to her and stuff like that but that's the thing about Boras they're they're complex and i like the complexity of Jennifer i think she does a good job as a real housewife i'm not mm-hmm. asking her to be miss america or be my friend i don't need her to be that likable to me i need her to do the job and to me Jennifer really gets the job done so i thought she did a great job reunion part one. I honestly could care less if she was coached or studied or whatever. I thought that we needed it. I did not literally could not think of one thing that would have been a part of part one other than Jennifer. And I don't remember yeah. anything else happening on part one that didn't involve Jennifer. So without her, we would not have three parts. And for some reason, whenever I feel like we, I, I feel like Bravo. Reunions either need to automatically be three parts for Housewives, mm-hmm. but then I also watch them and feel like they don't always deserve three parts, so yeah. that makes me feel like the season was already a waste if we only need one or two parts, but it's been so long since the show has only needed like a one or two-part reunion, but you feel a little like duped if you get a two-part reunion.
1: Although, I think there was a season of Dallas where they did two parts and it was tight. I don't remember if it was two or three, but um, it worked. It worked in their favor. I, and I mean, just to echo what you're saying, you know, Beverly Hills has just been on a downward spiral.
0: Oh God. Season.
1: I don't remember how many parts. I don't remember a goddamn thing that happened at that reunion. I also don't remember how many parts there were, but if there were it was three, I'm
0: three, sure. three because I remember idea. they were. Yeah. They were at like eight. 20 episodes I think they got up there they were up to like 23 or something like that
1: yeah that's
0: nuts that was so unnecessary and I remember thinking you know Jersey this season was only like 18 episodes and we needed more but Beverly Hills we watched a solid three months of that I feel like it was on forever
1: and can you believe that they didn't make any major casting changes I can I'm still in disbelief while we wait for this like ghost trailer i cannot believe that
0: not a single person got fired after last it it honestly makes so much sense to me that people often say that Kyle has so much um say in the production of the show because there's no way that on any other franchise teddy would have lasted this long there's just not a single chance in hell she did not give enough to me And there's no way they would have let Erica get away with basically kind of shutting down House and sharing so much about her life and stuff. The whole cast is basically getting away with murder not talking about a goddamn thing. So I think that it makes zero sense to me as well that they allow these mediocre situations on a show that's costing so much more money to make Mm budget-wise. I would have cast overhauled everybody would have been like demoted I would have brought in back anybody I could that probably I would I would think that Camille would have at least been asked back full time I think she said a couple mm-hmm. times that she didn't want to but at the same time they ended up having to go to Brandy and Camille anyway because right. it was so boring and I'm like if it was so boring you should have recasted.
1: it yeah and it's wild to me that Beverly Hills like creatively was so rough last season when there was actual shit going on, like with Dorit and PK's money issues and Mauricio's lawsuit and whatever the fuck is happening with Erica and Tom. And it's like, they decided as a cast that they were going to make an alliance that worked to their benefit, but not the franchises, let alone the viewers, where it's like, I'm not going to mention this. If you don't mention that. And, you know, Camille's the only one that, referenced something and she was kind of burned at the stake for doing that and had to, was forced to apologize which I thought was nuts um, it's just so fascinating to me that they had one of their worst seasons when in reality during the time of the filming there was a viral uh, video on Twitter of someone approaching dereed and being like you oh my friend Cash or whatever there were moments that would have been really helpful and appreciated had they been shown in any way but because the cast decided that they were going to band together against Lisa after Lisa left they just decided to remain as one and we were the losers for it
0: yeah and it's like they honestly thought that they could produce a show that they think we'll like and I don't like when when the cast or the stars start doing that when they decide what producers should have and they uh-huh. then refrain from giving you anything real like but what we signed up for because they're like, well, we know that we don't want to talk about our stuff, so we'll talk about a dog all season. That just seems yeah. ridiculous. Like there's no way in hell you thought that was gonna be a good job, but you thought that it would be a little something and if we throw Lisa under the bus, there nobody's gonna come after us. And I'm like, that didn't work in anyone's favor and it should not work in theirs and I just feel like even this season I'm not excited because I already kind of feel like I know where it's going to go and I don't like it I'm Mm -hmm. already a little stressed by the implication that they're just going to focus their sights on Denise when that spiral kind of starts to happen especially with Brandy coming in because again it's deflection and that cast is very good at deflecting off of themselves and onto other people. And that's why I'm saying that we do need someone like a Jennifer on these casts, because to me, I like the fact that Jennifer can take on the entire cast by herself without crying. Like she doesn't break down. She is like, bring it on, baby. I really don't care. And that was very a la Teresa season three for me where the whole cast was against Teresa. So we need someone who's also going to push the plot like bring the point home I don't have all day and for Beverly Hills I already don't have 23 episodes to give them I just don't have it I feel very saddened that I'm gonna have to watch out of loyalty because I'm gonna watch all of it out of loyalty obviously and I'm gonna watch Salt Lake City too because loyal I will do the Bravo thing for the Bravo Mm -hmm. you know whatever they need from me I will give them but when they do start self-producing and stuff like that and, and, and forming these alliances and stuff, I'm just like, you don't want your job then. Cause if I did that and didn't perform my job because I thought it wasn't in the best interest of me, I would be fired. <laughs> in any other situation, we'd all be fired.
1: Uh, yeah. I completely agree with you. Um, what's interesting to me about Jen Eden is I've noticed that a lot of Bravo fans and viewers who are specific loyalists, like for example a lot of tree huggers, used Jackie, a photo of Jackie and Tree at some signing several years ago as an example that Jackie shouldn't be on the show because she's like quote unquote just a fan. And I find that fascinating because we've reached a point of Housewives where this is an established franchise, essentially an empire. The creators and OGs had no idea you know, even for franchises that were joining later until we got to the point with like Dallas and Potomac where people pretty much understood what they were signing up for. Um, And I found it fascinating that people would kind of use that as some way to make fun of her as like a negative connotation that this was someone who at least recognized Teresa, if not was a viewer. And Jen Eden is actually an example of like the next generation of housewives who are women who watch the show and understand the show? They have the benefit of knowing essentially what they're signing up for um, and who they're signing up to film with and have kind of studied it. Like I look at Jen Eden's performance in the reunion, obviously it's extra yada yada, but from a performative aspect, it felt like someone who was growing into a role that they had long aspired to have. And I commend her for it I don't understand there was a moment at BravoCon where you know people were being kind of shady to Jackie during a QA and a and they were saying relatively insulting things to her and one of them was in reference to that pic of her with Tree when she was you know the fan and Teresa was the celebrity from however long ago and saying that as an example that she shouldn't She's not, like, good enough. She's not enough of a whatever to be on. And I truly think the opposite. I think this is what is going to happen next. It's difficult to find people at this point who have not experienced or enjoyed The Housewives. And frankly, if you're signing up for a show like this, I hope that you like it I hope that you've watched it not everybody is Yolanda who's like oh this was just a fun little mark you know I hope that
0: but also know. I've never believed the women that said that they never heard of it I just don't believe oh, that totally. you would spend your time and allow cameras into your home and your kids and your life and your husband and your finances I don't think you would let people get that close to you if you didn't know what you were signing up for I just don't um, believe that
1: unless I agree with you unless you are so much of a narcissist that you have no time for it but want like to look at it in a minutia level of detail you have heard of the show you certainly know the network but you don't feel like researching or doing anything else because you're quite certain that you will become the star regardless like i wonder if kelly Real, Kelly, um, Lauren Ben watched the show before she joined, noting that that was, when did she join? Was it two or three? Two? What season did Kelly two? join? New York? I forget.
0: I want I say two, to say three. Three
1: was Scary Island. Oh, maybe okay, maybe it, it was three, because who are you? Who do you think you are? Madonna? Well, what? Yeah. whichever season. I mean, I do believe that maybe for some of the non OGs who joined early ish on, they may not have
0: oh, watched good point. it
1: or watched it in detail but at this point now like absolutely the full cast of Dallas and Potomac watched the show um you know before they signed up for their origin uh, you know for their new franchises I mean you're at a point now where it wouldn't be a smart business decision and also if you're joining an existing franchise you want to know who has a relationship with what what alliance who is an audience favorite who isn't and I think that's
0: you know gone. right especially with like you know when they especially when they recast or they add new people to shows like Dallas and Potomac because I know that because Deandra said on you know my podcast that, that was actually her caveat for joining that the she told producers when they approached her about the show it, originally it wasn't going to be a housewife show and she said, well, you know, if it's on a platform like Housewives, I might uh-huh. consider joining. And I think that speaks a lot of volume because she was literally like, make it a Housewife show and then we can have a conversation. Because she knew the magnitude and the, the weight that that show, that franchise on Bravo especially, carries. And how long the longevity of a Housewife could be. Not to mention, um, Bronwyn told me a long time ago that she... Openly was a fan, and she was like, "I think I'm one of the one of the few open fans that they've ever casted." Where I was like, "I'm a fan of the show. I've watched the show. This is something I've always wanted to do." And just like what you said, I actually think Bronwyn's performance at the reunion was pretty great because yeah she it was a role she always wanted to do. So you don't go and and, and, sh- and you know stink at it. You try to actually grow into it. And I think that's what something that you know Jen did. And there are just so few women that it comes the authenticity comes so naturally to, even though they're good people. I mean, there are so few franchises that each woman is so different and so themselves good and bad and indifferent that if basically they can be themselves without necessarily, like for instance, I don't really know what Atlanta needs at this point, but I think that the cast itself is not, the problem, even though they're the only part in motion, if that makes sense. Like, there's nothing else there to really, sh- you could, sh- I don't, somebody asked me yesterday what my dream Atlanta cast would be, and I could pick up the seven women, and I I couldn't get to seven. I can only get to five. And then oh, that five. says, my five were, um, I do think that we should keep NeNe, and that people don't you know, like her or whatever anymore. I do think she's over it, but I do think that for right now, she's doing a very decent job on her apology tour, but also still being shady and messy as hell. Kenya, Candy, um, I would a thousand percent keep Portia, though we don't deserve her. I think she's the better she's, housewife. She's the best housewife of, of, any, of any show. I, yeah, of I was going to say, I think she's a top-notch caliber. She's a different kind of housewife. Like, she's yeah. not... The same as the others, nor should she be included in the others. I think Portia has exceeded our expectations. And, um, you, I in one of your episodes, um, I think with Darren Carp, you talked about her evolution and if she was the best evolution of any housewife, you know. And I will tell you, yes, the answer to me is definitively and factually Portia is the greatest arc of a character we've ever seen on a show. From yeah. Cordell to now, the girl is a new woman. I mean, Literally, she has blossomed. Totally and yeah. I am so grateful. I'm so glad that man left her. It is the best thing that's ever happened to her and me and Bravo and Roa and everything else. Um, and then I think I had, who else is on that show? Oh God. Nini, I think I.
1: Kenya, Yanini and Kenya and Portia, you have. You haven't said Candy, you haven't said. Fifty-two cent. You haven't said Candy.
0: I would keep.
1: You haven't said Tanya. Oh, Marlo. I would reapproach for the
0: peach. I think she keeps saying no, but I think that now because of the dynamic of having a family, she could kind of shift gears a little bit and Mm -hmm. be um, a peach holder. Because she said no allegedly in the past because she didn't want. A lot of digging into her 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 life, like her sugar daddies and monies and businesses, and how do you have all this and all that? But now having kids, I think that gives a different dynamic that we can kind of dig into. So I would give Marlo a peach and give Candy a peach, and I would demote Eva and I would actually keep Tanya as a friend of. I think she okay. does fine, literally as a friend. She does a yeah. good job as a friend. So and that would kind of be my cast. And I thought that. This I did totally forget about Cynthia, and I don't know if that's a good or a bad thing. She's been great as a peacemaker in the past. This season, it seems like she's getting a little bit more into the mess. Um, uh-huh. I still just am not... I don't dislike her. I'm just not there with her. I don't feel the standship or the hate, and I don't like feeling in the middle with Housewives. So, with that being said, I mean, she can keep her as a friend of, especially with Kenya and Candy as well, but I thought that those were all the major players of last night's episode, anyway.
1: Yeah, I mean that. I think that makes a lot of sense. I, I, I'm, I don't know. Ag listeners would know more because I genuinely don't remember what I said when Eva joined, but I believe I was relatively apprehensive, and I don't think that she has paid off in the way that Bravo anticipating that she would
0: Um, and I don't the only thing about her that I like I think is that her husband is the only decent man and I think that's the reason they keep him in her at this point I think she's the only reason is because he's balanced in the Uh show's you know shitty husband I always say people have often said that Roa has the worst husbands of Bravo would you agree with that? no I would say we have family. a Dennis we have Dennis the have cheater
1: well like, oh, yeah faking
0: cancer is like oh god but see Dennis she, cheating on a pregnant housewife a pregnant wife or a pregnant fiance people are really annoyed by um, kind of semi blaming her in their therapy sessions and saying she has responsibilities too which you can fight off you know fight about in the comments of your own personal lives people didn't like that Mark is literally a piece of shit. Um, yeah, Mark is I the one personally of all time. I think that he might take that cake one day. I really do think he'll take it. And I think Greg is great, but people have a you know kind of came after me for saying that I like Greg so much because they think he's also they think that's like Nini's big art secret saying that she keeps talking about the problems that they were having before he got the cancer and they think that it's him cheating again because that was the reason that they divorced years ago. And so, I mean, Greg is like a, I guess some people like him. Some people don't. Um, I love him though. But then who else is married? Oh, Todd. I don't like Todd at all um, for many, many reasons. One of which is how he treats his daughter, Kayla, but also I just find his need to constantly open businesses with quote unquote community assets of him and Candies. To be a response to Mama Joyce and Kenny forcing him to sign that print up years ago, in which he responded so angrily about it. I think he just wants to make sure the community property, just in case, he can actually be taken care of. Because I cannot for the life of me figure out why you would need to open a separate breakfast location of a restaurant you already own and not add a breakfast menu. And I have gone mm-hmm. and I have asked the manager myself that question. They can't figure it out either fun fact. Wow. So I am going to do more digging on that now that I'm like relocated to Atlanta. So I'm excited to find out more information on all these little businesses. And um, Mike Hill is like the newest addition, but really Eva's husband is the star.
1: He's the one
0: who's adopting babies that don't belong to him and loving them unconditionally.
1: Mm, Yeah, he's such a mensch. I love him. And his off-the-cuff remarks that Mark incredibly poorly produced charity benefit um were staggering I said he did such an exceptional job he's like incredibly um charismatic grounded obviously incredibly smart emotionally mature just seems like a really great guy
0: yeah he is especially for a politician and a lawyer so
1: Amen. Not to say that those
0: people are not not good people. I just think that there's a level of professionalism and a rapport that they have to have with other people yeah, that he seems to just be really good at. Yeah. Yeah. He seems to be really good at being able to handle people and their emotions in a, in a situation like that. And I can't thank him enough for keeping that party moving because... So we will discuss Atlanta and, you know, then I'll let you go. And we start this episode that I'm going to rename Mark as a Piece of Shit Part 4. <laughs> Um, we started off with the Shady Bunch discussing, you know, Kenya's separation. That would be Marlo and Nini, And this is off the hinge of the last episode where Mark went off for literally no fucking reason after ah. his own event and started talking about how he was cursing out producers and saying he was done. Ah. And apparently then he, they announced their separation according to the Bravo notes at the end of the episode. And we find out, we get Nene and Marlo discussing that. um, And then we, you know, kind of go to Candy and Cynthia checking up on her like good friends do. And we find out that they didn't really announce. He announced and then she had to announce because he announced. And she basically woke up to news of her own separation after a night where he got kicked out of an Uber for being so vile. In general, but especially to his wife, to know that the person he was being so aggressive with that he got asked to leave an Uber was to his wife and the mother of his kid is so disgusting. I just don't even know why he even still exists. I just, someone just take him away from me. And I want to never remember that I knew this man.
1: I mean, and not to be a Debbie Downer, but Kenya has given some, um, has said some remarks on in press interviews in the last several weeks that they're like working on their relationship because yeah she said they're like kissing so nice and, and, and stuff yeah and she said he's like he's being so nice he's asking about my day which is maybe the lowest bar I've ever heard
0: for it's like her, her and marriage Portia marriage, so when, when they, explain when, they explain when I hear Portia and Kinga explain why they're back with these men The bar is on the floor. And I have literally named and renamed an episode of my podcast, The Bar is on the Floor, at least four times. Because Mm -hmm. it's so low. The things I hear them say that they do, that makes them sound like they're quote-unquote trying. Asking about your day doesn't mean he deserves to be your husband.
1: Yeah.
0: I'll ask about your day right now. doesn't mean I deserve to be married to somebody
1: yeah and I just think that there's some things that are unforgivable and I think that his behavior is unforgivable I think he's a toxic human being with a lot of self-hatred and anger and no idea how to be emotionally expressive or vulnerable and he's deeply manipulative and I don't think that he is that's deserving. the Kim thing yeah yeah the Kim, the, the Kim stuff I actually wasn't super bothered by I know the women were like running with it to make a joke that he, like, the, um, the joke of him, call, I just didn't think it was, I think if your name is Kenya and my name is Sarah, some people call me Sarah. I mean, not many people, Um, but you know,
0: it's <laughs> probably your doing spouse it well. might.
1: Yeah, I mean, possible. I didn't think that was the big deal of it all. I didn't totally understand that. I was more like everything else. The way in which he talked about her, the fact that he ignored her, the like, complete lack of appreciation or um respect for his spouse who is also helping him the fact that he allegedly told her he didn't even want her there and yet he was recording this for the show so why would you think that cameras would be present obviously you want the cameras here to show you being such a great guy and then you freak out on production but if your wife wasn't there, nobody else would be. So I didn't and I understand think that, that
0: was the res- I think that was the response of Cynthia and Candy being so mm-hmm. over the top when she said he said he didn't even want me there. At first, I was like, oh, that sucks. But I didn't think that it deserved the response that Cynthia and Candy gave unless, yeah. you know, either they cut out or she, they understood that she was implying he literally only wanted me there to have it filmed. And he did not want me there for any other reason but to have it Right. And yeah. that, then I was like, okay, yeah, I'd be pissed about that because I don't, sir, you overshadowed your own event. I don't remember what it was even called because you acted a fool on camera. So you can't say you wanted just the publicity there when you're the one who sabotaged your own thing. That's my opinion. Um, and I get the way people are, you know, a uh, uh, Aligning with the idea that Ken could be like a form of manipulation, but then it also eventually at some point he had to have some kind of affection for her in order to have made a baby with her. I hope. Maybe that is naive, but I mean a nickname is the bare minimum of showing affection to someone. So I'm not too bothered by it.
1: Yeah. 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 I think his behavior is um bothersome
0: enough. His behavior is absolutely disgusting. It is so vile way he talks to her outside of the kin. It's but what it's what comes after the comma, like kin yeah. comma. It's everything else that comes after that is really what's really disturbing. And then we learn from Kenya also that there is some cheating involved, possibly. Um, that he's had inappropriate text messages with a girl from back in New York at a point in time where he was married and she said that she has told him, you know, that it's inappropriate. And I was very, you know, maybe I'm just so young and naive, but I was like, oh, it's more than inappropriate. It's it's not right. We don't do that while we are married and having babies with people. It's literally something you should not have to explain to someone like Mark and Dennis, but yet here we are having this conversation. And she had to call this lady up and tell her, you know, stay away from her husband. And obviously, I'm not shocked because he did live in New York about 60 to 70% of the time. So that did not shock me. But Mm -hmm. it was sad to see that Tola was taking on Kenya. She decided that she honestly wasn't even about to go to a trip that she was co-hosting. And I felt really bad about that part.
1: Yeah. No, I agree. I don't don't think that he was literally cheating on her during the time. I think that what she was referencing was someone that he used to hook up with that for probably very close to them getting married was not sexting him, but kind of like flirting with him. And he shouldn't be communicating with her at all. Um, at all. Of, of what she was saying. And that was the line cross. It just it just comes down to trust at the end of the day. He had no respect for her and i don't think she had a lot of trust in him because his behavior was so constantly dysregulated and and ever-changing
0: i would definitely agree and they uh, great gratefully they do end up um you know they all get ready to go to greece and Mm -hmm everyone's discussing you know if Kenya comes, can we please just try to be nice that was actually kind of kind I love how um they wanted to just kind of show her love and support and I love how Marlo's responsible oh, so I cannot talk about it though y'all like I'll give her some love and support but I'm gonna ask my questions and I just yeah instantly felt a little joy because she's so messy and so shady she but is, I just love God my love her. so much
1: I mean- yeah, I don't know that I buy that she um has turned down the peach before. I think she's desperately looking for it, and I think that she. Well, the only reason I do is because she Camille.
0: It. I only reason I do believe she might have is because Camille um used to say she has said before that they. She loves being a friend of and she would not come back full time anymore because I thought she should, too. But she was like, it's better because you can kind of show up when you want to. You're not responsible or required to go to a lot of stuff you can kind of come and go. You can make a mess basically and someone else cleans it up and without it being so many obligations into opening up your life and your home to it. And I know that with Marlo, I think that with Bravo, it's been like a, a, a mutual decision to not really have a peach because as, as much as I've heard that she's denied it, I've also heard Bravo has stopped asking her because she's unreliable. And mm-hmm. Candy actually has said the same thing because Candy tried to do a show with her allegedly for like WeTV TV. And it was supposed to be all about Marlo. And it got picked up, greenlit, everything. But, like, Marlo would, like, never show up. Or she wouldn't come. Wow. Or she would be late. And she would be getting ready still. And she would want her glam squad. She was high maintenance, which I don't know about you, but that comes off very easily on screen that she is high maintenance. Yeah,
1: I feel like this was several years ago, right? Or, like, a couple of years ago, um, the TV thing? It, I, yeah, I remember it
0: was, like, a, two yeah, two years ago or so. Okay. But I think, and she asked Andy the other night, for a dating show, so she wants to be the center of somebody's attention. Because she said yeah. on Watch It Happens Live, she was like, what if we do a show about finding Marlo a man? And I say, you know what, I know you're just egging to be you know, a star of your own show, but at the same time, I would love to see that.
1: Yeah, I mean, listen, I'd love for her to be full-time on Atlanta. I think she's more than paid her dues, and she's in a different spot than Camille is. Camille has much more power than Marlo does. Um, Regarding production for their respective franchises. And I think it's it's time. Give her a peach, Give her Eva's. Eva's not using it.
0: Oh yeah, definitely give she's not using it at all. And I love her and Nini's dynamic together. I think it's hilarious. I think she kind of centers Nini a little bit, brings her yes. down the earth a little bit more. And yeah. Nini, the only constructive criticism she'll take is from Marlo. That's it. So yeah. I'm cool with them being yeah. a duo, exactly. But I'm cool with them being a duo. I like them on the show together. And when we get them to Greece, we see um, that Kenya kind of arrives at a- a- the same moment they get on the bus. She practically landed at the same time as them. And she comes baby in tow. And she is like, I'm here. And pulls herself together quite nicely. She looks very pretty for someone mourning a relationship. Here we go. And I was happy to see her. Um, I think that it is going to be a good trip. I want to go to the Nini and Kenya conversation at dinner and then circle back with something fun, being the women's competition for these damn rooms. Kenya and Nini are asked by Cynthia at the dinner at the end of the night to stay back in fellowship. <laughs> Um, Sound like an old church lady. It was so funny. And basically Nene was down for it pretty much because she was asked to be. And Kenya is like, no, I think she was just too sensitive at that time and didn't, didn't want to fight or anything and didn't really want to go down any other emotional spirals with someone else and somebody's emotional problem. But Nini, you know, did not take that too kindly and did not like being shut down or snubbed at the dinner table. So Kenya gets up and leaves, and then they kind of explain to her why Nini was asking and that she was trying. And then Kenya tries to bring her some dessert and offer a peace offering. So basically, what we have is Kenya gave up too quickly, and then Nini gave up too quickly right after that. Do we think that either of them are right in having given up so quickly, or should they both try it a little bit harder? Should Nini have been flexible after Kenya came out and brought the dessert and everything and tried to reestablish a connection?
1: yeah I think that Kenya's overall gut instinct was I don't want to go anywhere near talking to you about anything because I don't feel safe being emotionally vulnerable and but the way that she went about doing that was to respond to Nini's like respectful moment um with like that passive aggressive thanking everyone but her and then the fellowship mm-hmm. stuff I think she just doubled down on um again being passive aggressive and instead of just saying listen I know that we have to talk I know that you have gone through a lot and could uh, essentially like teach me a lot I just don't have the capacity emotionally or otherwise for that right now and you know she she react Kenya reacted poorly and then Nini closed the door um and obviously with a
0: dead we'll ball
1: from there yeah
0: Literally, Nene, once she had the door, you know, kind of slammed in her face, she decided to deadbolt it, seal it shut, board it up, and say, you know, fuck her. And apparently the answer is still fuck her. So a little spoiler into how that went after everything else. Um, I would 100% agree with you. I do think that Kenya was right to feel like she was not emotionally safe. It was like a knee-jerk reaction, and I can understand that. I don't like being put on the spot with someone that I don't like either. Um, mm-hmm. and so I kind of get it, but at the same time, you know, Nene was then right in the same respect that she was snubbed and still tried to be like, Hey, I'll sit down and fellowship with you. So I can kind of get, that she didn't want to be embarrassed twice on one night and didn't want to deal with it. Cause it wasn't even something that she felt that she had to do something that she was doing for a friend she for Cynthia. And she understood she was the one who led the charge of, are you okay? So I think she did do her try hard. She did a good old college try. So, um, I'm kind of don't fault either one. And so I guess we'll just see how that plays out, especially, you know, now that we'll see after their very first night how all the dynamics are after one night of being in this beautiful, fabulous villa in Greece where they all basically had to compete like little children for rooms. And I don't know about you, but do you like the whole trend of grown women competing or fighting each other for rooms?
1: Um... Think about it. I don't think it's necessary for anything, and I think it's pretty much inorganic at this point. Aside from uh, Ramona and Sonia being actual oh, that's
0: so monsters. that's it. That's um, real.
1: So with everybody else, I don't, I don't buy into it. Maybe a little bit on Beverly Hills when LVP was there, but otherwise, it's kind of six of one, half dozen of the other. It, it, it doesn't, it's not a, a big deal. And also, I didn't think that place. Was as um fantastic as I thought it was going to be. So there seems Ooh. to be a, a pretty big difference between like the master suites and the brick wall. Um, yeah,
0: that was not cute to
1: begin with. But um, I think that they would have like had a great time in Santorini or something where you do get the picturesque idea of you know like the heavenly vacation. Right in Greece but um yeah I didn't I didn't I don't know I don't know how much of it I'd buy but I also wasn't there and maybe they were all really obsessed with getting like the a plus plus space
0: I just prefer I think a little bit more of the everyone can kind of take it up with each other where they sit versus the putting names in a hat or in this case eating sardines and live octopus or like, the, the the field day to get to the rooms is, like, a little much yeah. for me. But yeah. I will say it gave me the happiest moment of the entire episode, which was when Candy did not even finish getting out the instructions of whoever gets into the pool and Portia uh. just takes off. And I'm like, the not woman deserves a medal. And then yeah. her confessional we cut to, and she's like, uh-huh, I got this go-naked hair. I mean, it, it gets better. It gets even better when it's wet. So I had no problem go get it. And I was like, give her a trophy. Like, she's just an icon to me. I absolutely love Portia. I think she was the best of the show. And that's really hard to do when Atlanta is full of heavy hitters. It's full of all-stars. So, you know, to stand out on a show like that, I just cannot commend Portia anymore. She really puts in her work. And I could not thank her anymore for it. Portia, if you ever listen to this, we thank you for your service. And... With that being said, Sarah, I also thank you for your service and for coming on to my show and talking with me about Annie's Girls.
1: Well, thank you. This was so much fun. I had a
0: complete blast. Thanks for asking me. I loved it. I'm so, so glad. So please... Tell everyone where they can find your socials. I know that if you aren't already subscribed to her podcast, you pretty much can listen to it anywhere you can listen to mine. So that's your your Spotify's, your Apple's, your SoundClouds, all that good stuff. So go do that, and while you do that, keep your phone open so Sarah can tell you where to follow her on the things.
1: Yeah, thank you. I'm um, Twitter at Sarah Galley. Instagram at Dame Galley, D A M E G A L L I, and I do polls and ask for listener input throughout the week on that. And then um Andy's girls can be found, as you said, wherever you listen to your favorite podcast. And it's really kind of it's not a recap show, it's discussing all things housewives, how they touch our lives, and really getting into the psychology of it all, the choices that these women make and why they do the things that they do and um and it's a lot of fun. So thank you. I this was a this was a real this was a lovely
0: turtle time. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm so time. So, okay. so glad you enjoyed people. Yeah, go follow Sarah. I love her Instagram. You will see random great posts, like some funny and then all of a sudden you'll be like, oh my God, that's a Sasha Trotter with her. Okay, cool. Um <laughs> and <laughs> It's a really good time, and that's what we love, you know, especially when you want to take a break from the occasional meme that I like to post when I'm not taking care of you people's tiny children. That being said, thank you guys so much for listening to another episode of Mixing with Monty. I am your host, Monty, and you can, of course, follow me anywhere on the Twitters, the Instagrams, at Mixing with Monty, M-I-X-I-N-G, W-I-T-H-M-A-N-I. And I will talk to you